with us last night, you know that we talked about the great gift of Christmas. One of the things that I know the children in particular love about Christmas is giving gifts, but even better, what is it? Receiving gifts, right? We love to receive gifts. But the great gift of Christmas is Jesus. He's the great gift. And sometimes in the midst of all of our busyness, we forget what a great gift Jesus is. And so this morning, I picked a passage for us to talk briefly about together, a passage that you just heard read. And it might surprise you to hear on a Christmas morning a passage from the book of Ephesians. But it is an incredibly relevant and incredibly appropriate passage for Christmas Day. Because it's a passage that helps us to better understand how Jesus is the great gift of Christmas. And I think too often we focus on so many other things that we forget what God has done for us. We forget the wonder that is ours Because of this day that we mark as a world, the day that the Messiah, the day that the promised Christ came into the world. Friends, if you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you to turn to this great passage. And what I want to do this morning is I want to share just a couple of incredible blessings and gifts that are ours because of Jesus And as we begin, I'm going to ask my wife if I've left my clicker. Yes. And she's going to be very sweet. She's not going to play because this is Christmas morning. And we're going to be gracious. Okay. (laughs) Please don't encourage her. She doesn't need that. I want to invite you to hear this, though. We have reason to celebrate because the king who came still comes. That's the wonder of Christmas. Jesus didn't come 2,000 years ago and then leave us. He came to us, and he gave us his son. God gave us his son, Jesus, who came to us. And then when he left, he gave us his Holy Spirit on a day that we, we mark called the day of Pentecost. And by the presence of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is present so that the gift that God has given, he continues to give. And what you're going to see in this passage is that it doesn't talk so much about the past, it talks about the present and the future. The gift of Christmas is Jesus. And here's the first thing that we see. That gift that God has given us in His Son and through His Son is free to all who are willing to receive the gift. All who are willing to open their lives and their hearts to the gift that is Jesus Christ. It's a gift that we don't pay for. It's a gift that we don't earn. It's a gift that we receive. I was sharing with the Mops group uh, just a few weeks ago, and we were talking about Christmas and I was telling them the story about my son, Scott. When Scott was, I think, about four years old, 
we were up at, we were living in Scottsdale, Arizona, and we were at the Scottsdale Mall, and we're, we're buying gifts for the family. And we're in the mall, Scott sees Santa, and he wants to go meet Santa. So we wait in the line, and he gets up, and we go up together, and he sits on Santa's lap, and Santa says, well, what would you like for Christmas? God gives him his list, and about three hours later, he looks at Scott and he says this. He asks him this question. Well, have you been a good little boy? Scott kind of looked at me and he says, you know, and I could see in his eyes, it's like, don't rat me out here. This is Santa Claus. And, and it struck me in that moment because what Santa's saying is, if you've been a good little boy, you'll get these presents. You'll get these gifts. And so I grabbed Scott, and I took him, uh, after his time with Santa, I took him off, and I said, you know, Scott, you know what's really cool? Jesus is so much better than Santa Claus. Because Santa Claus's gifts are predicated based on our being good enough. We have to earn Santa's gifts. That's the message of the world. But the truth of Christmas is that Jesus came and the gift that he offers us is a gift of life that we cannot buy, we cannot earn, we cannot be good enough. For as it says in the scriptures, while we were yet what? Sinners. While we were yet living in rebellion. While we were yet rejecting Christ, rejecting God, Jesus came into the world and he lived the life we could not live, a life of perfect obedience. And then he went to the cross, and he died in our place, took our sin upon himself, took the wrath of God for our sin upon himself, so that we could receive the gift of life. It's a gift that we find in Jesus. I want to invite my friend, Ellie Dykhouse. She's going to come up, and she's going to help me illustrate this. Come on up, Ellie. Ellie is precious. And I am so glad you're my friend. Thank you for being my friend. Now, what I have here this morning is a present. And this is a present for Ellie. Okay? I brought a present for Ellie. Now, here's, here's the truth. I can offer Ellie the gift, but Ellie has to choose to receive the gift. The gift is not hers until she receives it. I can offer it to her, but I can't make her take it. I can't make her receive this gift. She has to choose to receive it. So I'm going to ask you, Ellie, do you want to receive this gift? Yes, because I want to give it to you. I'm going to let you open it right here. And as you're opening, you keep, you keep going. And my wife wrapped it, and I have no idea how much tape, so I've got the scissors just in case. Oh, you can just really rip it. You don't have to be so careful. What's in there? Oh, this is very exciting. You already told me. You know what she said? You already told me. <laughs> I did tell her. And you can, you can even put the paper on the floor. It's okay, it's okay to be, make a mess. 
And yes, there's lots of tapes, so I'm going to cut it open so Ellie can show you what's in here. And I made sure there were enough holes in it so it could keep breathing. <laughs> oh my goodness, what's in here? Oh, it's the wrong box. Let's see if we can get that out. What is that? Okay. We have 130-something candy canes this morning. And what I told Ellie is, after the service, she's going to come up here, and she's going to give these to all the children who are here. You get to come up afterward, and Ellie's going to share these candy canes. But here's the really good news. What happens to all the ones that are left? I get to keep them. Yes. You, Ellie said, I get to keep them. Well, well, help me to thank Ellie this morning for being my friend. Thank you. You could go ahead and join your family. And here's what we know. Pastor Don needs all the friends he can get. Right, Ellie? What did she do? Did she nod? Yes. <laughs> here's the thing I want you to see in this. Ellie had to choose to receive the gift. I can offer her the gift, but she has to choose to receive the gift. And the same is true when it comes to the gift of Jesus. God is offering all of us this great gift of life, this incredible gift that we can only receive by faith in Jesus. He offers it to us. Here is my son. And in a moment, we're going to see what happens because of the Son. Here is my Son. Will you receive this gift? For some of you here this morning, maybe you have never said yes to that gift. God will not force himself into your life. He will not force you to receive that gift. He could, but he won't. He says, that's your choice. But you will miss so much if you don't say yes. Now, here's, here's what I want you to hear as well. When I receive a gift, I say thank you. Thank you for the gift. Or I write a note to say thank you. Or I send a text to say thank you. I want to thank or I call the person to say thank you for the gift. So how do we say thank you to Jesus? How do we say thank you to God for giving us his son? Well, we do that in prayer. We do that in worship this morning as we sing songs to honor him. But the Bible says that we do it, we give thanks by choosing to follow and obey this Jesus who gave us everything. So I received the gift, and as I received the gift, I know that I've received it. When my response is one, God, I want to follow you. I want to love you with my life. You have given everything for me. Oh God, I want to give you everything in return. See, here's the great news that's amazing. We cannot buy, we cannot earn our, our, this gift. I can never be good enough. While I was yet a sinner, Jesus died for me. Santa would have said, you're getting a stocking filled with coal. God says, if you open your heart, you receive everlasting life and the gift of my son. 
That's what's offered to us through the birth of this king. I don't earn it. I don't buy it. I can't buy it. I can't put enough money in an offering plate. That's not how we, how we encounter God. I had an aunt that I think tried to buy her way into heaven. We can't do that. We need to receive the gift. You see, I don't earn it. I can't buy it. I don't inherit it from my parents. I don't receive the gift because my parents received the gift. I have to choose myself to receive the gift. And here's the thing. I don't deserve it. And neither do you. But God says, I want to give you the gift. It's a gift I want to give to you. It's an incredible reality, friends. It's an incredible reality. And we see in this passage, it says in verse 3, I mean in verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us, freely given us, and the one that God loves. The gift has been freely given to us that we might respond in faith, in love, in obedience. God has not withheld, as we'll see in a moment, God has not withheld anything from us in the spiritual heavenly realms. He has given us everything. He's given us everything. And as he talks in, the, in verse 6 about God's glorious grace, here's what grace is. Grace is God's riches. The riches we receive from God at the expense of Christ. It's God's riches that we receive when we receive the gift of Jesus. It's God's riches at the expense of the life of Jesus. And we're going to see this now. Listen to what we go on to read in the book of Ephesians. What we see is that the gift that God has given to us of his son, the gift of Jesus that we celebrate as a world on this day, there is no gift that is greater than this gift. This gift is unsurpassable. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 1.3. And I want you to think about this verse. I want you to think about what this verse is saying, what it means. Because we cannot, we cannot mine all that's in here. Listen to what it says. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. What has he blessed us with? Every spiritual blessing in Christ. He has withheld nothing from us. This is past tense. God did not withhold anything, but he poured into our lives. The moment that we receive the gift that is Jesus, he pours into our lives every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. Friends, think about that gift. Think about that reality. Listen to what that gift is. God has not withheld anything from us because he becomes the source. And as you go through the, through the Bible, what you see is that he is the source of love, of true love. What is it that we desperately need as people? We need to love and to be loved. That is the great need everybody has in the world. It's just people look to the wrong gifts to find it. When we open our hearts to receive the gift that is Jesus, 
we encounter in our own lives the love of God that has no limits, no boundaries. He loves us unconditionally. We have never been loved like that in our lives. There are always conditions. When Ellie was up here, I could have said to Ellie, you know what, you get this gift if you come and wash and wax my car. That's not a gift. But the Bible says that God freely gives us this gift. It's a gift that God gives to us. He gives us, Jesus said, I give you my peace. He says, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. The peace of Jesus is different than the peace that the world offers. The peace that the world offers is all about my circumstances. I'm at peace when I'm healthy, when my children are obeying me. I'm at peace when things are going my way in life. Well, here's the reality. Things often don't go my way in life. I don't want my peace dependent on my circumstances. I want my peace dependent on what I receive from this gift of Jesus that has been freely given to me. We read that Jesus says that we receive his rest. Are you weary? Jesus said, are you burdened? Are you weary? He said, come to me and you will find rest for your souls. Friends, I'm not tired because I work hard. I'm not tired because I try to do a lot of things, and neither are you. That kind of fatigue we recover from very quickly. The fatigue that wipes us out is the stress of life. And Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Your soul needs rest today. We find that in the gift of Christmas, the gift that is Jesus. We see that Jesus promises his strength, his strength to endure, to persevere in difficulty, in trials, in life. These are just some of the incredible gifts that God offers us. It's amazing. The gift of God is unsurpassable. And so what does it mean for us? Here's what it means as we go through this passage, and I'm going to go through it very quickly, and I hope that you will read it much more carefully. There's so much here. In verse 4, I see that one of the gifts that I receive by receiving the gift of Jesus is that I am holy, and I am blameless, and I am chosen. Listen to what it says. For God chose us in Christ, in him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. That's a, you know, God was thinking about me before he created the world. God was thinking about you before he created the world. Is that amazing? Before he made anything, he chose you to be his child. It's extraordinary. You know, I love the idea of being chosen. Did you look at me up here and you think, that guy must have been a stud in high school. I know you're thinking that. But actually, I was just kind of an average athlete at best. 
I remember, Dad, you'll remember this. When I was in the sixth grade, I weighed 80 pounds. I know I weighed 80 pounds because in Pop Warner football at that time, at that division, you had to be at least 80 pounds, and the most you could weigh is 140. And so before every game, I would have to, all the players would have to weigh in to make sure they were between 80 and 140 pounds, or they couldn't compete. And because I was only 80, about 80 pounds, and often below 80 pounds, do you remember, Dad, you put weights in my, in the <laughs> bottom of my uniform, so that when I weighed in, I weighed in over 80, and then we take the weights off. So I wasn't this great athlete that got chosen. Sometimes it was, okay, who's stuck with Porter? Who's got the last pick, right? When I first received Jesus as the gift of God for me, I realized that God chose me. I read it in this passage. Do you know how powerful that was for me? God chose me. He chose me. There was nothing wonderful in me to choose. I don't know why God chose me. He chose me to be his child. He chose me to be his disciple. He chose me to house his Holy Spirit. He chose me. It's incredible. Now, how is it that God could come into my life? Because I'm a sinner, and so are you. And we read it in this passage. God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, as I mentioned. And because of his death, I became holy and blameless. Now, what does it say? In his presence, in his sight. So as God sees me, he sees me through the blood of Jesus for what Jesus did for me on the cross because I received Jesus, I believed in Jesus, I trusted in Jesus. So when God sees me, he sees me through the blood of his son and his son has made me holy because I exchanged my sin when I received the gift for the righteousness of Jesus. So in God's sight, I am holy and blameless. And because of that, God's spirit can live in me. And I get to experience the gift of Jesus every day of my life. Isn't that extraordinary? Isn't that incredible? We read on and we see in verse 5 that I am adopted and so are you into the family of God to be his eternal child. Listen to this. In love, in God's love, by God's love, because he is a God of love, he predestined us for adoption, to be adopted as sons and daughters through faith, through the gift that is Jesus, the child that was born that we celebrate. Through him, we become God's children. Now listen to this. In accordance with God's what? What does it say there? Say it with more conviction. Pleasure. Pleasure. Have you ever felt like you had to love someone, like your kid or something? You know, you're the parent, I've got to love. It's the pleasure of God to make you his child. That's extraordinary. It gives God pleasure to make you his child. 
You see, I'm not just God's servant. I am God's servant. I'm not just God's friend. Jesus said I was his friend, and I am that. But I'm even more. I've been adopted, chosen by God to be his forever child. And if you have received this gift, God chose you to be his forever child. Friends, if that doesn't change the way you look at life, if that doesn't change the way you live, then you haven't fully understood and comprehended what it is that God has done for you in this gift that we call Jesus. We read on and we see that God's purposes are revealed to us because we are his children. It says, with all wisdom and understanding, God made known to us, who are his children, made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Here's all this means. God gave us understanding about what Jesus means for us and why God sent his son into the world. He has given us wisdom and understanding about what that means and what the implications are. As we receive that gift, God opens our eyes and we see and he opens our hearts and we understand and we comprehend. We begin to comprehend what it means that God has sent his son for me and what it means for my life as God reveals his purpose and his design and his will for us in Jesus Christ. You see, friends, you were saved by God for a purpose, for a reason. And that is to continue to the work of Jesus in this world, to be his hands, to be his feet, to be his mouth. Now, wisdom has to do with understanding how, how my faith interacts and intersects with life. So I understand how I'm supposed to live in the circumstances of life. And most things that I deal with in life, they are explained to me in the scriptures and I'm led by the scriptures. But there are decisions and choices that need to be made that don't say, Don, I want you to be a pastor. It doesn't say that in the Bible. And so God gives me wisdom as I read his word to understand how his word intersects with my life as he leads me and guides me. And he does the same for you. You are part of God's very own family by faith because you have received the gift. You are part of his family. And by being part of his family, he is going to do his work and continue his work through you. Friends, I can tell you this, there is nothing more exciting than letting God use you to change the world. We keep reading and we see this, by faith you have been set free. By faith you have been set free. In him, it says, we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance, according to God's the riches of God's grace. Remember, God's riches at Christ's expense that he has. What is the word there? What's the word? What did he do? He lavished it on us. He withheld nothing. He poured it out upon us. 
He poured this gift into our lives, this grace into our lives, this peace, this strength, this love, this joy. He has poured it into our lives as we make room in our hearts for him. Friends, this is amazing. In him we have redemption through his blood. What does that mean? Well, redemption means that we have been bought. If you've ever seen The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, that is probably one of the great pictures of the idea of redemption. But I want to give you another image of it. To be redeemed is to be purchased. Think about it in terms of paying someone who is a captive in order to receive them. Now, this was common word in the day that that uh, Paul wrote these words because so many people were slaves in the Roman Empire. And slaves had to be purchased in order to be made free. So if I had somebody I loved who was a slave, I would pay money so that they would be released from their bondage. Released and set free. I would have to buy their freedom. And that's what Paul's talking about here. I remember when I worked for Price Waterhouse, I had a, I had a client who, um, who had an office down in Nicaragua. And one of their top employees at that, at that plant in Nicaragua had been um, taken prisoner by rebels. And they told the company, if you want him back, you have to pay a certain amount of money. And so they paid a ransom to get their employee back. They paid money to get their employee back. So what is this saying? This is saying that we were slaves to sin. We were slaves to brokenness. We were slaves to self-centeredness. And God redeemed us through the blood of Jesus. You see, you were bought not with silver, not with gold, not with dollar bills. You were bought by the blood of Jesus. So what does that freedom look like? It's the freedom to become everything God created you to be. I love what Tim read this morning. How Jesus came to reverse the curse that Adam and Eve brought into the world. And we begin to experience that, not when we die, but the moment we receive the gift that is Jesus. We begin to receive freedom from guilt and shame. We begin to receive the freedom to love and to be loved. No longer in conflict and, and, and trying to, trying to um, get the other person, manipulate the other person to, to serve us and love us. No. Now we, we don't have to run anymore. We can, we can serve and we can love and we can be loved. There are so many walls that we build around our lives to protect ourselves that keep us from loving and being loved. Jesus came to reverse that. We don't have to do that anymore. We don't have to run anymore. We don't have to be we don't have to be people who are victims of, of alcoholism or drug abuse because God can come and he can set us free. 
It is for freedom, Paul writes, that Christ has set us free. Freedom from the law that we used to follow in order to be loved and accepted. So what does this mean today as we close? What does this mean today? Worship this great God who has withheld nothing from you. As I prepared this sermon, I just, I'm scratching the surface with all that's in here. But it was overwhelmed by how loved I am and for, by what God has done for me in this child that we celebrate on Christmas Day. This child who's the Messiah. This child who's the Christ. This child who's the King of the universe. This child who invites me to be his child, to be his son, his brother, and that I get to be God's very own son. Friends, this is the God that we come to worship. This is the God that we are invited to worship today as a way of giving thanks to him for all that he's done. Do you know why I seek to obey God? It's not to get God to like me. It's not to get God to love me. He already does. I do it because I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed. Do you know why I love to worship? Not because I have to. Not because I'm a pastor and, and pastors are supposed to do that. No. I do it because I'm so thankful for this son whose birth we honor on Christmas. And finally... Surrender your heart and your will and purposes to this great God who's withheld nothing from you. Friends, the more that you give to him, the more you will know him in your life. The more you withhold from him, the more distant you will sense in your life. God calls you today to come to him. Let him come. Open your heart. For those of you who are believers, open your heart as you never have before. For those of you who are not Christians, who have never believed in Jesus, who have never put your faith in Jesus, consider the call of God to you today. He says, come, come and be my child. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the beauty of who you are, for your goodness and your grace and your love. Thank you for the peace that is ours, the joy that is ours, not in our circumstances. Lord, I know people who, in this family who are struggling with health, who are struggling with, with family issues, who are struggling with finances, who are struggling in a job, who are struggling with addictions. And yet, Lord, you call and you say, I'm here. I'm here. Lord, may we open our hearts to you and experience your joy, your peace, your strength, your love that has nothing to do with the circumstances of life, but is the gift that is in Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. amen.